You're listening to the Theology for the Church podcast with Dr. Caleb Leonard, a resource for the church that aims to help Christians explore how Christian doctrine, framed by the biblical story, is to be applied to the Christian life in the context of the local church. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Theology for the Church podcast. Today I'm joined by two guests, actually. First, John Maurer is the Associate Chaplain and Director of Sports Ministry at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. Also joining us for this conversation is my brother, Tyrell Leonard, who is a high school social studies teacher and football coach just a couple hours down the road from John and Prosper Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area. So I've invited John and Ty on the show today to discuss the topic of the integration of faith and sports. How do we as Christians view and use sports as a tool for discipleship and growth in Christ-like character? John and Ty, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me for this conversation. Before we jump into specific questions about our topic Uh, Would you both mind sharing just a little bit more about yourselves for our listeners? Maybe take, you know, two minutes each to give our listeners a snapshot here of how you got where you are today. Family, educational background, sports background as players and coaches, uh, brief past and and current ministry or church involvement, those type of things. So, John, we'll, we'll start with you here. Sure. I'll try to keep it short, Caleb, and you can ask some more questions I got. I got a lot of life to summarize and just a, a few brief statements, but uh, grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, loving sports, going to church because mom and dad took me to church. But um, really, it was through friends of mine in high school and through the ministry of Young Life that came to know came to know the Lord, um, went to the University of Dayton to play uh, Division three football and, and was there was encountered with uh, the group of athletes in action. And uh, Roger Hershey, a, a guy that came on campus, became really, uh, in many ways, one of the most formational pers- people in my life as he mentored me for four years and really helped me understand what it meant to walk with the Lord and live that out in, in every area of my life. Um, thinking about probably doing what your brother was doing for my life's calling, you know, teaching high school, teaching and coaching. In fact, if I had a second life, that's what I would be doing for sure. And and thinking about my future and talking about it with Roger one day, he, you know, asked me what I was thinking of doing. I told him and he said, well, you know, you could do this. And I was like, what do you mean this? He's like, well, you could do sports ministry, you know, through athletes in action. And I didn't even know what that was at that point in my life, but, um, you know, through, uh, through some crazy events in the next few years and just growth in Christ and involvement with ministry on my team there at the university of Dayton really sense God calling me into sport ministry and, and, didn't know how long it would be for, maybe a couple of years or whatever, but uh, here I am 35 years later, still in a sense, kind of doing the same thing. And so uh, my wife, Missy, and I have been married for 34 years. Uh, uh, our first 30 years, we worked with Athletes in Action, uh, you know, a non-denominational sports ministry that's connected to Crew International, very similar to FCA. Um, we worked at Miami of Ohio. We moved overseas, uh, lived in the country of Kazakhstan and worked with international Olympic level athletes. We then moved back to Chicago, um, uh, where I was the chaplain for the Chicago Bears for seven seasons and the, the uh, Chicago Fire soccer team for three years as well. And 
And then as my wife likes to tell the story, God took us to Kazakhstan to get ready to live in New Jersey, where we moved uh, next and, and lived uh, for 15 years. I served at Rutgers University, you know, there with Athletes in Action and lived two miles from campus. That's really where our three kids grew up and, um, and uh, are launched from. And so we, we came here five years ago to Baylor, got, was hired as the director of sports ministry and um, in some ways doing similar work than I'd been doing the 30 years prior, although obviously being hired by the university, a little bit different reality here as we're trying to build something kind of from the ground up uh, in connection to the Faith and Sports Institute, which is housed across the street through its seminary. And so anyway, that's that's a little bit of a journey of 35 years in a, in a minute or two. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Ty, why don't you share a little bit about your background with us now? Uh, yeah, I should have probably uh, went first. Uh, <laughs> a lot less interesting than that. Uh, but no, I uh, grew up in uh, Western Slope in Colorado, a small town called Rifle. Uh, not a whole lot there, but uh, I loved it just being in the mountains. And uh, I was really oil field hunting. And you were close enough to drive uh, to the ski towns. And outside of that, there wasn't a whole lot besides sports locally. Um, so growing up for me is awesome. It was everything I, I liked. Uh, we went to the University of Redlands in California. Uh, and so that was definitely culture shock. Completely different uh, world there. But definitely formative uh, for me. Helped me grow up, uh, get away from home a little bit. And uh, really, honestly, wrestle with my faith. We, you know, we grew up in church. Had awesome parents. Uh, but... Felt like at the end of uh, college was kind of when I started, uh, you know, prioritizing theology and trying to get a framework outside of just the basics and just wrestling with some stuff that I never took the time to wrestle with. And mm -hmm. that was definitely a, a time of growth in my life, uh, you know, uh, definitely uh, days that I wouldn't be proud of sometimes, but uh, definitely a formative part of my life to kind of mature there. And, and I feel like it's been, you know, growing uh, stronger by the grace of God and, and people that he's placed around me since. Um, so that was a big, big point in my life there, getting away from the house. Uh, after that, I came back to the rifle area and uh, went and worked to the oil field, um, what most of my family does there. And my dad kind of begged me to come help him coach. And at first I told him, no, I'm good. You know, I want to still be playing and that's hard to be around the game. And uh, he talked me into it. Uh, you know, initially I was kind of considering uh, getting into some type of youth ministry and it just never felt like a great fit, um, from the, you know, church standpoint. Um, but once I got involved in coaching, I found that, uh, you could build maybe in my case, even stronger relationships, uh, with the kids I was trying to reach out to. And so that kind of got me hooked and then, uh, started dating my now wife. She moved to Texas. And so we did long distance, uh, for, uh, a little over a year, and then she recruited me after we got married to move to Texas. And in Texas, it's uh, it's an all-in deal. You got to teach if you want to coach there. So I got my teaching certification. I was like, oh, I like history. Let's give it a shot. So passed the test, and then uh, made a couple coaching stops along the way. Uh, people were nice enough to give me a shot and let me break in to the cult that is Texas football. And uh, that's not always easy to do. So I appreciate those guys for giving me an opportunity to let a yeah. you know transplant get involved. <laughs> And so uh, last four years, I've been at Prosper High School, and it's been a great experience. Uh, I've been very blessed to have some, some awesome success on the field and be part of a great community. I've had, uh, in that time, my two daughters were both born. So I got a two-year-old, Sayla, and a almost one-year-old, uh, Ember, right now. They're keeping us busy. Um, and so I've been a position coach and teacher here. And then I'm actually going to be moving to our 
uh, new high school that we're opening this year, uh, Walnut Grove High School. I'm going to be the defensive coordinator there this year. So kind of a definitely a, a new challenge for me. Different uh, capacity will be serving there. So great. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. I, I think that's really helpful. Uh, you know, both of you sharing some of your story in, in life in the sports world for our listeners, particularly for this episode. So I wanted to spend a little bit more time on the intro stuff. I, I myself was a collegiate athlete. Uh, me and Ty actually played together on the same football team in college and I coached high school football for a number of years. So, you know, all that to say, we're, we're not speaking to this topic from the outside or mm. with hostility. We're all deeply, we all deeply believe sports are a gift from God mm. that can be used and stewarded to disciple athletes and families in their faith and walk with Christ as we all seek to be conformed more into his image. Mm. And so, uh, John, I would like maybe first of all for you to just share with us what what's the mission and vision of this uh, new sports ministry uh, that, that you do there at Baylor of this Faith and Sports Institute, right? So you've been in sports ministry for a long time. Yeah. Uh, could you could you speak to what that looks like at Baylor and what the Faith and Sports Institute there at Baylor does? Yeah. Well. The Faith and Sports Institute was started about 12 years ago by good friends of mine, John and Cindy White. Uh, they had both served with Athletes in Action for a long time. Both were high-level collegiate athletes involved as well, post that in coaching and, and sport in different ways. Um, John went and got a PhD and began to teach at Cedarville and uh, then was had an opportunity to come here to Baylor and uh, be hired in, uh, you know, by Truett Seminary in the Practical Theology Department and share a new sports ministry uh, emphasis in their uh, master's level program. And so, you know, with, with the vision of, uh, you know, what would it look like to help uh, leaders in sport, you know, begin to think theologically and biblically about this thing that we call sport, about athletes, about, as you said, I, I loved your intro, that um, I do believe that um, that God is the one that that authored sport, and that sport ultimately, in that sense, are a good thing, uh, because everything in this world has been subject to the fall. It's also a broken thing, but because of Christ and His kingdom, right, it's something to be redeemed. And so, um, kind of through that lens of creation, fall, and redemption, um, we we can look at sport in a new way, as Christ calls us into his family, right? He gives us a new identity and a new purpose, and we live in, into a new story. And so I think it was, you know, the Faith and Sport Institute started with that that uh, vision of helping give theological training to people in sport, you know, former athletes, uh, former that are now coaches and influencers in sport, sport ministry staff, of you know, people with that with, and organizations like Athletes in Action and FCA and uh, people in local church ministries. You know, as you know, sport ministry is all over the place. There's many different shapes and sizes and, and uh, colors of sport ministry through local churches and organizations and that type of thing. And so, um, yeah, so as I said, that was 12 years ago. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm hired by the athletic department um, to be the, is what they have termed the director of sports ministry here, which basically means I give leadership to the ministry that happens in the athletic department with our student athletes, our coaches, and our staff. Um, the, the, the position was kind of re-envisioned. My, my predecessor played football here, 
at Baylor and was basically hired by Coach Bryles to be the football team chaplain. And uh, because of his relationships on campus, began to do some things with some of the other teams and, and that on campus. But um, when their transition was made and I was brought in in 2018, uh, kind of the powers that, that, that be got together and said, hey, uh, we want to do something bigger uh, for the whole athletic department. And so what would it look like to kind of create a new position and a new vision that would uh, try to try to be uh, an outreach to all of our athletes and coaches and and staff. And so, yeah, I got here five years ago and there's a bunch of great people already doing ministry in the athletic department that kind of became part of my team. I had the opportunity to hire a uh, an old friend from back from our days at Rutgers that my wife had discipled who had uh, gone on and became uh, athletes in action staff for about 10 years at the University of Wisconsin. Holly, uh, Holly McKenzie joined us last summer as a, a senior coordinator for us. So it's just her and I, uh, full-time staff. And then, as I said, we've got a, another 10 to 12 other volunteers that serve with us um, here in the athletic department. And so uh, yeah, part of that vision is trying to pull over the resources of that Faith and Sport Institute across the street uh, to begin to influence our athletes and coaches and staff. And so we actually are, are working on a, a, a new strategic plan for that uh, as we speak and, and hopefully, um, yeah, really exciting things ahead as we've been here now for a number of years building relationships and with all the teams and coaches and, and got some, a number of things up and running. Awesome. Sounds like really, really exciting stuff happening there at the Faith and Sports Institute. And, and John, you're, you're working on a doctor of ministry degree right now, right? Correct. Yeah. I, I did an MDiv about 25 years ago. And, uh, when I, uh, when I was hired here at Baylor, you know, I didn't come here because I could get the, you know, the education, but it certainly was a bonus having Truett here and, you know, thinking about one day, maybe doing a demon. And, um, and so, Honestly, it was not until COVID hit <laughs> that I took the plunge and, and applied. And, and sure. uh, yeah, really what I'm trying to do, Caleb, is is um, take a look at what's been my life's work, which has been evangelism and discipleship of, you know, uh, Division One student athletes and uh, really take a look at um, what is it that makes for most effective discipleship in that environment. Um, we all know sport. Uh, radically forms athletes from day one. <laughs> and so uh, as, as Christ invites us into his family and into this new life, um, we, we now, as I said, have a new identity and a new purpose, and yet we still live in that world, right? And so the kind of a clash of identities and values and systems happen at that point. And so, right, discipleship is all part of that transformational process that uh, Christ calls us to be in the world, but no longer of it, right? And so the as, as Paul would say in Romans 12 too, right? Not being conformed anywhere any longer to the ways of the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so, yeah, the, the, the area of my, you know, of my project, the focus of it is really going to be taking a look at, you know, what, what makes for most uh, effective transformation within, within the athletic world in terms of discipleship. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward. You have to shoot that to me once it's once it's done. I, I would enjoy. I would enjoy reading that. And you know, one of the reasons I I mentioned that is because uh, I wanted to ask you and and Ty uh, both this question: What is it about sports culture that actually helps disciples of Jesus walk 
in his ways and then be able to reproduce that in others. So that'd be the first question. And then the second would be kind of the flip side of that. What is it about that culture, about sports culture, that's actually detrimental to the process as you see it today, mm. right? And it's fallenness. So so what are the good qualities, but then how's it kind of been, been corrupted? Ty, we'll let you jump in first since I've been talking a lot. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, you know, just thinking of some of the positives off the, uh, the top of my head, uh, really the family aspect, especially in an era where you don't have uh, really any guarantee that most kids, even depending on what communities you're in, have a father figure. I think that's really important, you know, if you're doing that well as a coach, uh, even for somebody who does have an awesome family, you know, I talked about in college being a kind of a uh, definitely formative experience for me and me wrestling with some things, uh, just having coaches that I trusted that I could go talk to things about that might be less intimidating than going to see your local deacon at the church, you know, you've built a relationship with them and, you know, you know, you've been through some stuff. And so I think that's big, uh, just the family aspect of that. I think discipline translates to all areas of your life, uh, especially spiritual disciplines. And I think even within that, the way that you carry out discipline as a coach, you know, is it to better someone? Is it to get them to the right place? Or is it because you're angry at them because they're not getting the job done? You know, it should be corrective more so than, uh, you know, just retributive. So I think if you're as a coach anyway, from that side, I think you can model you know, God's grace that way of, you know, stop doing this, love you, forgive you, we're gonna get past this. But, you know, the boundaries we're setting for you fall in pleasant places. You know, that's, that's what we want to kind of establish, at least, you know, uh, I think in the ideal sense, and then just modeling, uh, you know, no matter, you know, how, uh, I guess, supportive or hostile, whatever school district you're in at the time is towards, you know, your openness of faith, I think you can still model, what that should look like every day. And, you know, you're going to mess up. So when you mess up, do you apologize to your kids? You say, Hey, I missed a mark on that. I think that's huge. I think you can build some, uh, big, uh, bridges there, uh, especially the kids that maybe have trouble trusting male figures, things like that. Uh, and then I'd say negatives are, are definitely there too. I think, especially in Texas, you know, we're a massive six, a school that's going to get more press than a lot of colleges do. Um, you're, you're inheriting a massive stage that you have to handle as a teenager. Sure. And looking back, if I had that stage in college, I don't know that I would handle it well. Mm. Um, so, you know, coaching kids through that of, you know, this is a blessing, all the facilities and, you know, newspaper hype and all that's great. Uh, are we using that as a blessing or is that becoming an idol? Is it getting you off course? I think mm-hmm. handling that, uh, th- there's definitely, again, everywhere, but especially here, the amount of resources poured into it of winning overall. Are you compromising character to, to, to cut corners? Because the reality is, you know, jobs are on the line here. You know, it, it is what it is. And so, uh, you know, are you having your standard regardless of the success you're seeing immediately? Uh, I think also uh, just comparison uh, especially in affluent communities and self-worth coming from, you know, did my kid get a D1 offer yet? Uh, a lot of times it, it would seem, you know, parents are maybe more invested in their kid being a trophy than the kid even likes football. And, uh, you know, just some of those can be pretty toxic. And uh, at the same time, you know, I think as a coach, uh, trying to be there for them and help sort all of those things out. Because uh, for, for all of the bad stuff, there's a million good things. But mm. I think definitely uh, something that your staff and just as a culture on your team definitely have to help young people walk through and, uh, and really help coaches walk through as well because we're competitive too. So mm. helping each other stay on track and, 
you know, making it right when we mess up. But ultimately for me, the most positive thing about uh, the football specifically, but any sport is it should be a vehicle to me to mold young people. Um, it's great. We want to win all that, obviously, but it should be a vehicle to give them character, hopefully to be morally good, but ultimately a best case scenario to, to become holier, right? So to push them in that direction, not just to be good people, but to be holy people. Uh, would would be ideal. And I think of for football, you know, uh, my goal is always to build, to kind of riff off C.S. Lewis, uh, men that are dangerous and good. Because, mm. you know, we're going to play football. We want to be dangerous, but there's a lot of dangerous people that are harmful to society. So when he talks about describing Aslan and they ask, is he safe? Like, of course he isn't safe. He's a lion, but he's good. Mm. So we want good lions. And so if we can get that done, uh, that that's my goal for every guy that comes to my program. So Awesome. That's that's, that's great. great stuff. Thanks for sharing that. Well, I don't know what I can add to that. In fact, and on top of that, Ty, you you, you just test, you just uh, quoted C.S. Lewis. So now you're in my friend group for for life, right? So I, I uh, I'm thinking of book titles that are just jumping to my mind. If you haven't read this one, Ty, you got to read it, right? Joe Erman, um, awesome. Inside Out Coaching, right? So. Yeah, again, I don't know what I could say that Ty didn't say. I guess I would pull back and just say, you know, what what story are you living, right? What What is your perspective on sport? As Joe Ehrman said, you know, is it transactional or is it transformational? And as Ty said, like everything in this world and the story that it creates is all about transaction. You know, I am what I do plus people's opinions of me, right? And so as it relates to sport, Right. Sports all about me and what I can get out of it. And I'm going to use anyone and anyone, anyone and everyone I can to get what I need. And so you've got this weird relationship right between coaches and players, each using each other for their own ends. And and then right down the list of, Ty, of the things that Ty said, right, that um, because we're broken, uh, we break this awesome thing called sport and we use it for our own purposes. Right. And so. Yeah, as God redeems that, he calls us into this transformational life, right, where everything in life, including a silly thing like sport, uh, can be used for his glorious purposes in our lives, personally, building godly character, as well as, Ty, as you said, kind of that communal sense of I'm part of a family, I'm part of a team, and now it's not me, it's a we, and and as, as Christ, you know, came to earth, right, he set aside his his in a sense, uh, you know, the Philippians 2 model, right? He, he, he set aside being God and came to earth um, and became one of us so that we could have a chance to know him and calls us into that life, right? This Christ-like cruciform life where we walk in, in his steps and we set aside, in a sense, our rights um, to walk alongside our brothers and sisters to show them Christ and be part of that family together and, and build God's kingdom. And so, yeah, all those things that are a part of sport, right, that can be broken and used for transaction and even worse purposes now become um, tools in the hands of God, right, to, to build us into the men and women and community that he wants us to be. Um, as Jesus taught us to pray, right, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So to, to show people this different way, this Christ-like way together, um, how cool is that, uh, that on a team we could be part uh, of a community that's doing that together for God's glory and, and for our joy and uh, accomplish great things, but they're all to show him off in this world. And so 
Um, yeah, I, you know, I think uh, Ty did a great job talking about all the particulars. And I, I think, again, it's it's kind of a matter of, of perspective and the life that we're trying to live into those particular environments. Now, that's really that's really helpful uh, for helping us see, you know, how coaches, parents, families can use sports uh, as a tool to help athletes embrace that larger vision uh, for life and ministry that God has for athletes, right? Um, is there anything that maybe you would add, um, you know, how should or can pastors, so things specifically pastors and ministry leaders, how should or can those people better shepherd their congregations toward a, a biblical understanding of the place that sports and recreation and physical activity have in the Christian life, right? We want to see sports as a gift and a tool and not as an idol, right? And a lot of the other things that you guys mentioned already. Uh, so how can the church better think about its interaction with this topic of faith and sports? So thinking about, you know, you as a chaplain, um, Ty, you as, you as a coach, maybe what are some things that you wish parents or families or pastors, church leaders, a youth leader, all of those people, uh, what are some things that you wish they, they knew or that you wish they would do to, to help aid you in your ministries and spheres of influence? I mean, that's a tough question. Uh, I, I've been blessed uh, recently. We've joined a, a local church and become members and all that. And, and I've had uh, multiple times uh, our pastor just reaches out and just checks on checks on me just individually and just, hey, how you doing? Uh, I think uh, he played college uh, football and all that. I think he understands, you know, the time commitment maybe more than some people do of uh, ministry and coaching. I think if you do them well, have more similarities than uh, – than differences, you know, Bear Bryant talked about that of, you know, mama wanted me to be a preacher, but you know, coaching's similar, you know, something <laughs> along those lines, right. Not a whole lot different. Uh, and so, you know, obviously there are, uh, differences in as far as, you know, the weight of your responsibility, you know, the qualifications to be a pastor, but in your day to day, um, the hours, I think the relationships you build and maybe the weight on things that you can't control with the relationships that you do build, I think, uh, can become uh, kind of uh, weighty, you know, if, if you're not uh, supported and, and keeping things in perspective. So I think, you know, pastors to, uh, you know, congregants, I think just checking in on them, I think, you know, setting, uh, you know, in love, but being honest of, you know, uh, sports are great. There's a limit to what they can do. And I personally don't think those should interfere with your church obligations. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's a big bend, especially in, I think, affluent communities with the club ball that never ends. It's all year and mm -hmm. it's competitive and it's, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's crazy is what it is. Um, and so, you know, keeping perspective of, yes, sports are awesome, but there's a limit to before they become potentially destructive, uh, you know, to your family time together and your, your church family's time together. And I think just getting, uh, making sure it's a good thing, but it's not ultimate and mm. just keeping that perspective and, and pastors, you know, fine. And how, however you do that, you know, Caleb, you're a pastor. So I don't know how you word that because that, that would offend some people, you know, because <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they care about church just not as long as it, uh, doesn't mess with lacrosse practice or whatever. Right. <laughs> so, and you and me have, yeah, <laughs> you and me have been in that boat. I mean, we yeah. played peewee football and mm -hmm. it was every Sunday, and it's a, it's a huge pull, right? And there's not options sometimes. Uh, you either do it or you don't. And so, mm -hmm. I think that's tough. Something that people got to pray about and and 
take seriously though. And I think sometimes maybe it, maybe it isn't. Uh, so that, that'd be my original, I guess, initial thoughts on that. Wow. Yeah. There, there's about, I don't know, 20 questions wrapped into that one question, Caleb. So, you know, this could go in a million different directions. I'll just piggyback off Ty's thoughts. And, you know, I was thinking about like the, the priestly and the prophetic roles, right, that we have in ministry. And so there's this priestly or pastoral role, as Ty said, of, of, of the community of faith and of local churches being this safe place um, for everyone, right? Not just athletes and coaches and those kind of, you know, people involved in the sport community. But um, I, I just think of uh, the pressure, particularly, you know, our Baylor student athletes and coaches, you know, uh, that they live under. So to be part of a local community in which they're just, they're not coach so-and-so or, you know, Sally or, or Derek, athlete so-and-so, but they're just their name, right? Like they need a place where they can just be themselves and not be on a stage or on a platform, but be part of the body of Christ and be ministered to and cared for and loved on and, and believed in and apart from their performance or anything like that, right? And so, but then I, you know, I think of that, that prophetic role as, as Ty was talking about, I think it's really true, right? Even even within the church, even within sports ministry, we can hold back on challenging some of the idolatrous uh, beliefs, values, and practices of sport, you know. Um, and I know it's really hard, and I know there's no easy answers, but um, it's it's way too easy just to say, well, we're just going to go ahead and let people do whatever they want to do, and we'll just kind of pick up the scraps, you know, like, no, let's let's build the kind of relationships and have the kind of open dialogue where we can really challenge some of these things. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I, we raised three kids, you know, and, and uh, the pressures were all there for sport and the club and all of that. And, you know, we made it clear to our kids that um, if sports were going to happen on Sunday, that um, they would happen after church, you know, and I actually have got friends that even went further than that. Um, both in the past and currently, and just have said to their families, listen, their church and, and family is going to be what Sundays are about. And so we're going to allow you to play, you know, sports six days, but, you know, church and family is going to be on Sunday or whatever. And so, I mean, I know that was hard for our kids. I know I had those conversations with soccer coaches and basketball coaches and up front with my kids' coaches to say, hey, listen, you know, we're really excited about my daughter being part of your team, but just so you know, uh, we're, we're a family that is committed to the local church. And so Sunday mornings are for, are for church. And so if there's a tournament and you're playing Sunday morning, you just need to know my daughter won't be there for the morning game. She'll be there in the afternoon, but, um, you know, whatever. So, uh, and again, that's just a small example. And I know it's super hard, right? You know, Ty, you talked about just the, the machine and the, uh, the reality of sports these days. And, and obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm 57. My kids are almost your guy's age, right? Late twenties, early thirties. And so I, I know things have changed a ton since then. And all the student athletes that, you know, I get to know here at Baylor, you know, if they went to church at all, it was before those years kicked in. Right. And then, well, once I, you know, once I started playing travel ball or once I started doing this or that, you know, our, our family just didn't go to church anymore. And so, yeah, I just, you know, as a Christ follower, as someone who, as people that say that the kingdom of God is first, I just think, I think God would challenge that in all of our lives and say, you know, does it really have to be that way? Um, 
I say to guys all the time in my discipleship conversations, like really, unless somebody's got a gun to your head, you actually have a decision about this. You know, how many times do you sit with people that say, I just, I wish I could do that, but I just can't. And I just say, now, wait a minute, you know, unless literally, unless somebody's got a gun to your head, you've actually made that decision and you could make a different decision if you truly valued something different. And again, I say that with all sensitivity, I say that knowing all the complexities and the pressures and all of that, but I think sometimes even as Christians, we're afraid to even have those conversations because we know how sticky and ugly it can get. But I think we really need, you know, if we're taking our faith seriously, I think we need to have those conversations. No, that's really helpful. Thank you for yeah, for that awesome. insight and, and input. And um, Ty, I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but maybe even just something in, in general. I know you work with, you know, NCAA Clearinghouse and things like that. Uh, we have a lot of listeners that have kids. They're in middle school, high school. Sports is a big deal, right? Could you just speak to, you know, this reality of priorities and, and just the, I guess, likelihood or what's realistic, ex- some realistic expectations for your kids getting sports scholarships, right? Because as a pastor, you know, I've heard this in lots of different places I've ministered in where it's like, oh, they got to get a scholarship or, you know, they're, they're really gifted athlete. So I think they can do this. We're making this sacrifice, uh, you know, based on, you know, trying to obtain this, you know, division one scholarship or this division two scholarship or something. Right. When, you know, along with you guys, I I would add to, you know, divine sovereignty and providence that (laughs) if, if that's God's will for me if that's his design and plan for my life i'm going to get that scholarship whether my mom and dad say hey we're not doing this until mm-hmm. after church on sunday or sundays are reserved for the lord and for our family right so could you just speak to that a little bit maybe give people some context that could maybe help persuade them in, in the direction of of having more healthy biblical priorities when it comes to recreation and sports sure uh you know Right now, uh, we're at a school that has uh, over 4,000 kids. Um, our football program has between 300 and 350 kids, depending on you know the time of season and that. We'll have three JV teams, three freshman teams, and varsity. Uh, and so that's a big, uh, I guess, scale of talent. Uh, even our varsity guys that recently have went to the quarterfinals, three years in a row, semifinals, uh, the amount of kids on our team that go to a power five school in those four years, you could count on one hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's even a, a fairly successful program. Now there's, you know, other programs in the area where they're going to crank out, you know, five, six, seven a, a year. But if you go look at that, that's five, six, seven out of, again, multiple thousands on campus. And mm-hmm. so, uh, anytime I'm talking to parents, I'm going to bring up, uh, 90% of your D1 scholarship is God-given. You woke up like that. You had good genetics. You won the lottery. And no matter what the Nike commercials say, lifting a little bit more isn't going to help. And so there's a place for you to play somewhere. Uh, but if you're trying to get a Power 5 offer, uh, most of that uh, is your parents' fault. Uh, so um, I, I always get a little bit anxious when I'm talking to uh, parents about, you know, should we go to these camps? Should we do club? And there's some sports now where you almost won't get recruited unless you're on the club team or they've transitioned uh, soccer, for example. They're going to recruit from your club team more than high school teams in a lot of situations. 
Um, but I, I would just say uh, in technology these days, um, you're not going to be undiscovered very often. If you fit the physical mold, uh, I would tell them to worry about character, worry about grades. And if you're really that guy or girl, your film and your measurables are going to get you your scholarship. And if somebody hasn't seen you because you live in the middle of you know, Wyoming somewhere, all you got to do is email a couple coaches with verifiable numbers and your film and you're going to start getting phone calls. And so it's it's rarely what I would say our best, most productive football players that are getting the Division One scholarships. It's the ones that are big enough and fast enough and they might be really good or just kind of average at football, but they fit the mold. So mm-hmm. I would say definitely not something you want to sacrifice uh, church time over or t- too much family time over in the pursuit of earning a scholarship. I would, from a financial standpoint, also take into account how much are you spending to earn a free scholarship? Because eventually the economics don't work out that way for you. You could just save up for college and enjoy high school, you know? So uh, how much are you paying to get your free scholarship is another thing I like to just have them think about. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that, John. Do you want to add anything there? Oh man, uh, you know Ty again. Uh, you know Ty's down in the weeds, and he he painted a great picture of the weeds. I'll go up in the clouds and just say, you know, like, what's your vision of the good life? You know, and let's be honest, kids are raised in homes, and it's the home that shapes the vision of the good life, right? So we we say that sport lends itself to idolatry, right? Really anything lends itself to idolatry because what was, who is it, uh, Calvin, that said that our hearts are idol-making factories, right? So we can take the greatest gift of God and make it an idol. So primarily when the kid sees sport as an idol, it's been because he's been raised or she's been raised in a home and a culture that has given them that vision of the good life, you know, that I got to be this and I got to get that. And as Ty said, it it is scary to hear the the words we on the recruiting trip, right, from the parents, we, right, right? and it really means me, you know, my dream for my son or daughter is this, right, and it's, it's sad, right, and we sit here and we laugh about it, and yet, so, like, back to that church family, right, it's, it's mom and dad and their idolatry to sport that needs to be challenged, if not more than son and daughter's idolatry to sport. And again, that's back to those values and everything Ty said, right? Like, um, yeah, just, you know, love what he had to say. And uh, yeah, we, we, I think again, back to loving people well, are we willing to have those, those courageous conversations to speak the truth and love uh, to people and challenge uh, values and systems and and visions, as, as I said, of the good life that really are not from God; they're from this world. Now, awesome. guys, this is uh, this has been really really awesome. I just want to close our time out together and say uh, thank you, and also uh, maybe as a final question here, are are there some resources that you would point pastors, coaches, youth leaders, and parents to? that I could link to in the show notes that would be helpful for them in thinking through this issue or maybe some uh, organizations that they could get involved in and try to bring into their, you know, children's schools, for example, mm-hmm. things, things like that. 
just off the top of my head, uh, you know, here it's a little unique. Texas is probably, you know, going to get away with a little bit more than some states. Um, we've been, we're in a really a pretty supportive community. So uh, local youth pastors just from local churches kind of function as our chaplains. They'll come in every so often just after practice, bring popsicles, you know, uh, you know, say a quick prayer with the kids and then just kind of build that relationship with them. They'll also, you know, do a devotion. And again, it's all optional. You don't have to go. But for team dinner, they'll host a team dinner every week for the varsity, do a devotional, let the kids just hang out and just really get away from football for one night out of the week because, you know, it's, it's a grind in Texas. It's hard. So it's good to get them away from it a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, FCA is, is pretty active on campus. Um, and uh, that's always, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, uh, well-known resource. Um, kind of a cool thing really for coaches here. It's not going to help your family out, but just that they know I think is awesome is uh, coaches outreach is a ministry with, you know, high school football coaches. We'll have a lay guy be responsible for that. And every staff I've been on at every campus in Texas so far has that going on. They're doing the same Bible study all across the state every week, different Bible study, both semesters. So to me, that's kind of encouraging because uh, I, I don't know of any other place like that. Um, and so those would be some things I would think about. You know, if you're a local youth pastor, how could you go build relationships with the kids outside of church? You know, come to them, come to practice, just come watch a practice, hang out, make sure they know who you are uh, and, and they'll love it. It'll be awesome to have somebody that doesn't yell at them, but also wants to have a relationship with them, you know, kind of <laughs> uh, a different dynamic there. Right. And then, uh, you know, I would say uh, the team dinner thing is really cool, depending on, you know, what your school will allow and support just because it gets them away from us, keeps them together. And then again, you can build relationships with the, uh, people in your local church and so it kind of brings the community together we have we have those guys on our sidelines and games so they're come high five the guys and and really try to bring them into our community and i, I think it's awesome so that's that's kind of what it looks like here i don't know if that's what you're looking for but yeah that's, that's yeah that's that's helpful yeah i mean obviously you could you could take that little black thing in your hand and google sports ministry and there's a ton of resources at your fingertips you know fca and aia and all the different sport organizations, you know, some of which Ty mentioned. But yeah, I love that vision of the local church being involved in our local schools. Um, there was a young man, Josh Flores, who finished up here at Truett Seminary a couple of years ago. I had the opportunity to mentor him for a year, kind of in the context of our ministry with our football team here at Baylor. He went up the road to Temple, Texas, and is a, a missions pastor at First Baptist Church there in Temple. They're doing a lot of things, but his 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 passion is to be there at Temple High School with the football team. And so not only has he done that, but he's gotten other men from the team or other men from the church to connect with other teams from Temple High School as, to be chaplains and to show up, as Ty said, to practice and to games and to, to hang out with the kids. And so, right, uh, local churches kind of embracing ministry, the local community schools uh, through sport, uh, you know, getting out of the church because, you know, most pastors need those avenues into people's lives and sport is is just ready made for ministry, you know, so love that vision Ty, of, of what you've been involved in, Ty, and, and what we've seen here happen as well, so. Awesome. Well, thank you, brothers. This was a really encouraging and, and edifying and, and fun conversation. I think it'll be really helpful for people. So thanks for coming on the show and talking to me about faith and sports and how we integrate those two and, and what that looks like to help uh, local churches think through 
uh, this this ministry as well. So thank you uh, both John and Ty for for what you guys do uh, to faithfully serve the Lord through uh, sports and living out your faith in your particular context. So thanks, I really appreciate it. Awesome, great to meet you guys. Thanks, thanks for having us. You as well. Listeners, if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Share it with your friends and give it a good review, whether written or just clicking some stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps others find this show that may be interested in gospel-centered resources like this one. Also, if you have an idea for an episode or someone you'd like for me to interview, please reach out to me and let me know. Thank you, and until next time.